uh, hey, welcome. This is Mike and Freedom Ministries. And uh, as you can see by the title slide there, we're going to talk about uh, with God, there's no such thing as an impossibility. And really just the types and shadows from the old covenant to the new covenant about how we truly are the temple of God. And so just a couple announcements. Uh, this coming week, we were not having house fellowship at our house the week of Thanksgiving, but the last Wednesday of the month, Wednesday the 28th at 6.30 p.m., we'll be doing a house fellowship here at my house with Dr. Baxter Kruger, one of my favorite theologians ever. And so um, he is coming in, and uh, he's coming in Tuesday night to stay with us, actually. And then Wednesday afternoon for lunch, we're going to meet somewhere. So if you guys have the day off or you can get away, we're just going to go park and uh, like I said, one of the, my favorite theologians ever. So um, really, really excited about that. And uh, uh, you can put that in your schedule. That'd be awesome. We won't live stream that, but we will record it and post it on the website, just like we did with Brad Jerzak this last uh, service. So anyway, let's uh, let's get into this. All right. I think I've got it here, and it's it's tiny on my screen. But just so you guys know as well, some of you guys uh, heard we were doing the Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I was live streaming that as well as, you know, if you're local, you can come to our house. We did that last Tuesday, and from now on, we're going to do it Sunday nights at my house at 630, and uh, that is a different Zoom address. It check, make sure you check that ID, you know, the zoom.us, and then you just put in the ID number there, 189-912-516, and um, like I said, if you're local, feel free to come by the house, but... Uh, the last one only had 100 users, and I filled that up in like a minute. So this this next ID address has 500-plus um, spots, so we should be okay with that. So anyway, let's talk about this. I, I'm really excited about uh, uh, the, the types and shadows, and I might have to look down and read it on my, my paper here, guys, because it is pretty small on my screen from what I can see. And uh, uh, just a couple things, really, is, you know, I, what... Most of uh, in ministry and business the last 20 plus years, I've really found that most of our human condition, most of humanity um, is really after three things is number one, uh, most people just want to live with no financial concerns. They're not necessarily interested in being mega rich or anything like that, but they would love to live with no financial concern, be able to, you know, take care of their family adequately and, uh, uh, Secondly, is they want to live without fear of sickness, without fear of disease. And thirdly, they want to live in a relationship, at least feel valued and loved with no guilt and shame. And, you know, as the ministry, uh, the fivefold ministry is one of my roles here with Freedom Ministries is our job is to teach you those things, in my opinion. And we can teach you how to live uh, victoriously in all three areas. I, I really mean that. And I think a lot of times people get into theology and different things and arguments and you know, the Bible says this, et cetera, and, and uh, you know, it says a lot of things. And you, But you're really looking for not literal what it says, but you're looking for what are the deeper meanings behind this? What are the spiritual meanings behind this? And Because you know, the old covenant says was written and engraved on stones, but the new covenant is written and engraved in your heart. And we're going to talk about that here with the, uh, the temple, et cetera. And so anyway, uh, uh, just carrying on with our theme from Luke 137, no promise from God is empty of power. Now, I don't know if you think about that, but go look at the promises of God in Scripture. It says, no promise of God is empty of power. So there's, you know, there's power for, for wealth. There's power for relationships. There's power for uh, living divine, in divine health. And uh, 
the seed has all the power in itself. In fact, next week we're going to talk about that in depth. The parable of all parables, what, what uh, Christ said, he said, you know what? Um, you know, I, I share a lot of times people have been going to church for 30, 40, 50 years. And, but if you ask them, how does the kingdom work? They really don't know. They'll give you, oh, pray more, fast more, read the Bible more, do this more, do this more. <laughs> and most of the time it's fruitless and, and they're frustrated and they're, they're zealous. They're trying to do the right thing and they're doing everything in their hearts. But uh, what if we could teach you how to do it uh, so you get you have victory in every area of your life, that you truly live out of your spirit, you truly live victoriously and supernaturally, the God part of you, because you have a God part of you that's so fascinating. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, you don't know how an acorn, I was thinking about this, and Barbara and I were talking about this a lot this week, take an acorn or any seed. And Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you understand how everything in the kingdom works. You know, and science talks about, it, talks about it in a different way where they talk about, uh, you know, laws of attraction and all these things, and Christians get a little nervous. And I can just tell you that, that uh, you know, going through Think and Grow Rich, it doesn't use scriptural language so much, but it's all the same. And uh, I'm just trying to reach as many people as we can so they can live victoriously. You know, if it wasn't a, a ministry setting, I would talk more on the science end. I would talk more on the business end. But it's all the same. And Jesus said, you know what, you're, here's, the, here's the parable. Just briefly, your heart is the soil. Whatever you plant in your heart, you don't know how it works, but it's a seed. Just as if we plant an acorn, think about that, an acorn or any seed, it goes into the soil, it rots, it molds, but somehow it knows what to do. So that one seed knows how to go produce a whole tree. How does that work? We don't know, but we just accept it at face value and go, hey, that's just a seed, it works. But you could take every scientist in the world with an unlimited budget and they couldn't tell you how that works. And the kingdom's the same way as what Christ said. He said, you know what, I tell you the truth. Whatever you plant in your heart, you go to sleep, you rise up, you don't know but uh, it will produce whatever you put in your heart. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And that's so exciting when you understand that. So just know that uh, I don't care what's going on in your life. If you start to plant the right thing in your heart, you think on these things. That's why Paul is so adamant about it. Think on the right things. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it springs forth life, whatever you're putting in your heart. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And so uh, as you see there, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And amen just means so be it. It's not a religious word. It means that's the way it is. And so the promises are, yes, that's a reality for you if you plant that in your heart. And the seed, just like you don't know how an acorn produces, when you meditate on, this is what's true about my life, this is what Christ said is, is a reality about my life, I live out of my I amness, my spirit versus trying to become and, you know, our physical things, etc. Boy, I mean, if you guys get that, this is so powerful. Um, I'm so excited that a lot of you guys are really treating this seriously, and so Every promise has the power of producing itself, and they are yes, and they are so be it, or amen. And yet, like I said, most Christians are frustrated. They're praying diligently. They're, but I really call it religious worry is how most people pray. Is, you know, if whatever situation is going on, they're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, please, 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 please. But their heart is worrying, and, and they're, they are saying one thing with their mind, but their heart is feeling and expressing the exact opposite. Like, man, I hope God pulls through. But you don't look at prayer as, I see it as if I already am, and that promise is already yes for me, and you see the end result as if it's real. Because if you plant that in your heart, which is science would call it your subconscious, it will produce in its kind. And so we're the true temple of God. We uh, In the Old Testament, the temple is where God's presence was. The temple is where God promised to meet his people. And so, uh, But then the New Covenant, as we'll see, Paul says, what, don't you know? You're the temple. All the Old Testament were physical things, which were types and shadows, is what Hebrew says. But Christ 
revealed what mankind really is. We're truly all sons. And so Christ is the title deed, is what Hebrews 11 says. So the law, the types and shadows of the physical temple, the physical things were types and shadows of good things to come. And, uh, but that reality is yes now in Christ for all of us. And so um, we meet him in our hearts and our minds. We're the temple. So that means as the Ark of the Covenant, and he said, and we'll go through all these scriptures with some illustrations, is that carried God's presence, that carried supernatural victory everywhere it went. Um, you, you, you know that. Anytime the presence of God is, there's life and life more abundantly. Well, guess what? It was all pointing to you. And uh, God's not far away from you on a mountain where you have to pray to this distant God. You can, you can be with him 24-7, meeting him face-to-face, because the temple is within. The kingdom of God is within. And so uh, what we plant in our heart, guys, what we meditate on on a consistent basis, literally goes into our subconscious or our heart, and it produces supernaturally. That's what I want people to get. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. I don't care what the situation looks like. Um, anytime there's the seed of life, it can spring back to life. And that's, uh, that's why I said, hey, think on these things, as Paul says, in Philippians 4, lovely, pure, if there's anything of, of, uh, of virtue, think on these. I don't care what's going on, and, uh, uh, because it'll produce after its kind. And so, anyway, that's why we're given the, uh, the admonition to, with, if you do anything, guys, above all else, guard your hearts and your minds. And so, let's go on to this next slide here real quick, and I'll just show you some types and shadows of the Old Covenant, what it's saying in Proverbs 4.23, there's so much in this too as, as well, guys. It says, My son, give attention to my message or my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, that's not your, your physical beep, 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 beep heart. That is this part that nobody can ever really see. Nobody can see your mind and your heart. It's the spiritual part of us. It's the God part of us. But it says, They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, sir. If you're going to do anything, guys, guard your heart above everything else. For out of it spring the issues of life. In Proverbs 23, 7, you guys are all familiar with this. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, That's powerful when you understand that. So what you've truly planted in your heart consistently is really what you've become. And uh, uh, if you want to change that, you have the ability to change that, which is so exciting. You just have to plant the right thing in there consistently. And so... Um, that's just, uh, uh, you guys have just get you familiar with some of these scriptures. Now let, let's move on here. So Exodus 25, this is where God's, um, giving Moses instructions on how to build the temple and the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, I want to share a couple things in here. This is so rich. If you really take some time to, to discover what's in here, but it says, make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of of it one piece with the mercy seat. Now, I don't know if you, if you guys know this, but the mercy seat in, in the New Testament says the mercy seat, or there's the sorry propitiation propitiation seat uh, was Christ, and it says the cherub uh, are made with him one piece, and that was made out of gold. Gold is always divinity in Scripture. So Jesus Christ and the cherubs were all one, and they were all divine. So that's what I want you to get more on that later. But it was made out of one hammered piece of of gold, and uh, uh, it was all one. So the two cherubs and the mercy seat were one. And the cherubs shall stretch out their wings above, covering, check that word covering, the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another. The faces of the cherubs shall be toward the mercy seat. So there's two, two little 
uh, angel-like creatures above the, the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, they're facing each other, and they're all made out of the same material as the mercy seat, which Scripture tells us is Christ. And so it's, those two cherubs are one. This is, this is key when you, when you see what the uh, reality of that is in the New Covenant. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. Now that testimony were the covenants. And so you guys all know that, that when Moses came down the first time from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, is uh, they were broken. But it's very interesting. The second set of covenants, I always ask people, where, where are they? Where, what, what happened to those second set of covenants? And uh, the instruction God told Moses was, don't show these to the people. Put them into the Ark of the Covenant. So the second set of stones, guys, has never been broken. And that's in Christ. And that's where you and I are. So it's as if we've never broken any commandments, guys. You are free and you're set free. That's what that's a picture of. And then Aaron's rod that was dead and budded. Guess what? Scripture says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall dwell in you and uh, shall quicken your mortal body. So when we step out of this mortal body, guess what? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, you carry the rod of Aaron in you, is uh, guess what's going to happen to you? Is uh, you're going you're gonna to come back to life. And then obviously the last thing was the hidden manna, the, the golden pot of manna, the, the source of continual feeding, etc. Well, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. All of that's just a picture of really you. And then verse 22, it says, And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat. So God promised his people in the Old Covenant, this type and shadow, between the cherubs is where I'm going to meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, between the two cherubim, which are on the Ark of the Testimony about everything. That testimony, again, of the covenants. And the covenant was put into the Ark about everything which I command. Now, those were physical covenants with stones. And I will give you a commandment to the children of Israel. Now, Lots of things in there, like I said. But to one, the type and shadow, I'm kind of giving it away also, but the cherubim and the mercy seat were made out of one piece of gold and were uh, the exact same piece of gold. We're all created in the same, formed out of the same piece of gold. Well, that's, that's a picture of us with Christ, that we're one with him divinely. And everything that was in the mercy seat, the commands are in us. The, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us, and the hidden manna is in us. We feed on him anytime, any day. So anyway, I just want to share a couple other things here. In Genesis 32, 30, uh, you guys know the story. This is where Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. And, uh, uh, and it says, Jacob, um, when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, you can read this. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face. Now this is key because God said, I'm going to meet you between the cherub above the Ark of the Covenant, and I will meet you face to face there, and I will speak with you. Well, this is interesting, is when Jacob saw the angel of the Lord face to face, he said, uh, for I've seen God face to face, he called that place Peniel. Now, that's, that's a type of shadow. So uh, let me go to this. this uh, so what's the reality? This is what I'm trying to get to you. Is those are all pointing to something great, where the place where God's going to talk to you, and uh, he's going to meet with you and be with you anytime. So Let's go to this uh, next picture. I shared this uh, last week just to kind of give you a hint what we were going with. But First um, Chronicles fifteen fifteen, and you know, these are the, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. You see the, the Ark there, and then the, the, the two cherubim up, up top, the place where God said he'll meet with you. And it says, and the children of the Levites bore the Ark of God on their shoulders. That's the key to this thing. So the Ark of the Covenant is on the shoulders of the priests, just as Moses had commanded. All right, now let's get into some good stuff here. This is, this is the really, really good stuff. So that's all types and shadows, but what's the reality? And I've already kind of told you this from last week, is, but uh, 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 
Jesus said it, Paul says it, he goes, we are the kings and priests. We're a kingdom of kings and priests. So we're the, we're the priests. We carry the Ark of the Covenant on our shoulders. So what is on our shoulders? If we truly are the temple, what's on our shoulders? Well, it's our head. So somehow this has to have the presence of God and the Ark of the Covenant on us. And so you see the scripture right there. This is Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 3.16. And he says, do you not know that you, you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So he's saying you are the temple. So you think about that. The temple had an outer court. It had a holy place and it had a holiest of holies where God meets. And that holiest of holy place uh, was carried around on the shoulders of the priest before it was put into the, the physical temple. But um, what's that a type and shadow of? So obviously the, the presence of God between the cherubs, if we're, the, if we're the, uh, the true temple, is what Paul just says right here. Don't you know you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? And he says later as well, as he said, don't you know that uh, you are the temple, a temple not made with human hands? meaning that you were, you were a child of God. You were designed by God. No man could create us, uh, you know, something in God's own image. He created us. And in the Old Covenant, it says that the stones were quarried out where nobody could see, and uh, there was no sound of a hammer even. Well, gosh, that's, that's obviously a picture of he knew us even in our mother's womb. He made us and knitted us together in our womb where nobody could see us until we arrived here. And so it's such a beautiful thing if you understand that. But you not know you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. So the, the Spirit of God, God's very presence, dwells in you. Now where is that? 2 Corinthians 3, 2, the next verse I have written there. You are the epistle written in our hearts. Remember the Old Covenant was written on stone and where was it placed? It was, uh, um, <clears throat> you know what, is it not showing? It says the note in the picture not of talking about not showing. Huh, let's see. Maybe. Oh, there we go. Maybe it's sorry, guys. I didn't have it correctly. So uh, uh, maybe I'll back up and just see if it works this way. I'm not sure why I have to hit that every time, but it's uh, it's making me do that for some reason. Um, I don't know, but I'll I'll just I'll I'll try to do it this way. That was a picture of the priests and uh, uh, the Levites carrying it. I'll see if it goes. No, I have to do it manually. I'm not sure why. Sorry, guys. This is my <laughs> it's my first time doing this. So 1 Corinthians 3.16, you know you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are the epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. So in the Old Covenant, there were physical stones that were written on the commandments, put into the physical temple. But now Paul says uh, to the church of Corinth, you are the letters, you are the epistle, the epistle is a letter, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. So when people see us, they see God, is what it says. They see how we're supposed to act. Clearly, you are an epistle or a letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, guys, not physical. The kingdom is not physical. The new uh, thing is not physical, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the flesh, that is of the heart. Thanks, Tawana. I just saw it. I don't know why. I have to hit this manual thing. You guys are pros at this better than I am. So Jeff was just helping me download this Wirecast thing here. So sorry about that. So anyway, now think about that, guys. So the, the, the stones, uh, it says these aren't physical stones. These, these letters or these writings are going to be placed. They're still going to be placed in the Ark of the Covenant. They're still going to be placed in the temple, which is us. But they're not going to be written. They're going to be spiritual, and they're written on our hearts, which is really pretty cool.
And so let me go to this next slide here a minute. And uh, uh, I think it's working now. Where, anyway, so let's, uh, and I could give you so many verses. We'll, we'll do some of these next week as well. But I really want you to, what I'm trying to get you to understand is you are divine, guys. You carry the very presence of God. And the old covenant where any time where God's presence was, there was no sickness, there was no disease, there was, uh, um, uh, everything was working. They had victory over all their enemies, etc. And you, it was really a picture of you, how supernatural you are, guys. And uh, you carry that same presence. It was all a picture of you and what's to come. But let's read this in Hebrews. So here's what it's saying. This is the covenant or the testimony that I will make with them after those days. And, and you guys have heard me say this a lot of times. Hebrews really means the crossovers. Because the Hebrews, there was that 40-year period, 40 year period of time, just as it was, you know, type and shadow in the old covenant when they came out of, uh, when they came out of um, Egypt by the, by the firstborn son, uh, being slain. Um, you know, they were for 40 years they wandered around in the wilderness. They were there was this transition period until Moses died. Moses, Moses was always a representative of the law. Moses was representative of the servant. Well, the the law kills but the Spirit gives life. It's two different covenants. The Old Covenant was physical. The New Covenant spiritual. The Old Covenant was a type and shadow. The, the New Covenant is real. It's, it's more real than the Old Covenant pictures were. And so Hebrews literally meant the crossovers. They cross over the River Jordan. And so you take the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's called the Pentateuch or the Torah for most people. They understand that. Is That had to fade away over a 40-year period. That had to die. And so you see... In Genesis, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, right before Joshua, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, it, then the beginning of Joshua, it says, Moses the servant is dead. So the law died, it law faded away. That's why you always see it fading away, going away. But there was a 40-year period where there was a crossing over from an old covenant to a new covenant. And uh, you know, Jesus prophesied that in AD 30 and AD 70, exactly when he said, this whole everything you have is going to be taken from you. He was talking to the Jews and, and their, their earthly temple. And guess what? 40 years later in AD 70, exactly Jesus prophesied the temple was destroyed to never have a sacrifice there ever again. Why? Because the new temple is you and I. The real temple was always you and I. We were always created in God's image. And so this is, Hebrews is, that's what he's saying. So they, how Hebrews is written, if you look, he goes, hey, if the Old Testament was good, the New Testament's better. If the Old Covenant priesthood was good, the New Covenant priesthood's better. If the, the Old Covenant that killed was good, the New Covenant that brings life is better. And that's how you read Hebrews, the crossing over from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. So this is the covenant that I'll make with them after those days, says the Lord. And he's, he's quoting Jeremiah. It's prophesying in Jeremiah. Says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their hearts, uh, into their hearts and in their mind. So remember in the Old Covenant, the written stones, the covenant, where were they put? They were put into the Ark of the Covenant. So the New Covenant, it's not written on stone. It's not written on ink. Written with ink is what it says. It's literally, this is the covenant I'll make with them after those days. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, the spiritual part of you guys, the part that none of us really knows, that none of us have ever seen. But, uh, you know, in, when the, uh, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given, Scripture said that uh, I, he poured out his spirit on all flesh, all means all, and every man would know him from the least to the greatest. In the old covenant, only the, the prophets, kings, and priests had the spirit, and it was come and go. But uh, they would do supernatural things when the Spirit was upon them, guys. And so the New Covenant says, I'm going to pour that same Spirit that you saw types and shadows of the Old Covenant on all of you. Now think about this, guys. Everything that has flesh has the Spirit of God in them, and everybody knows them, is what it says. 
fact, if you ask non-believers, uh, I say that with quotes, um, because there's, they're all are children of God, but they really just don't have a reality of what's going on. But if you said, you know what, if you could believe in a God, if you could believe in uh, a Christ, or what would he look like? And guys, they will, they will describe Jesus perfectly. It's pretty fascinating. Um, and uh, so, because all will know him, and he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And so, he says, but instead of physical writings, instead of letters written with ink, what's he going to do? He's going to write it on their hearts. He says, all will know me from the least to the greatest, and I will write my commands or teachings on their hearts. So Hebrews is saying the same thing. This isn't written anymore, guys. Everybody, Everything's written in your heart. So we are the temple, guys. God meets us face to face between the cherubim carried on our shoulders. And I'll show you what this is here in a second. So in the Old Covenant, the type and shadow said, you know what, here's where I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to meet with you face to face, and here's where the Spirit of God is going to reside, is between the cherub on the shoulders of the priests. Well, guess what? If you take our brain, it has two perfect halves, and guess what they're called? They're called cerebrum. Cerebrum is what we say, and it literally means covering. So the whole angels that are one with Christ, cut out of one piece of gold, that we're one with him, we're in union with him, we always have been, that's where he meets with us in that between the cherubim and that secret place. Well, guess where he meets with us, guys? In our brains, in the cerebrum, our head is what's obviously carried on the shoulders of the priests, and in the middle is, is called the cerebrum, which literally means covering. And uh, in the very center of the brain, guys, where, where in the Old Covenant God promised, he said, you know what, I'm going to meet with you between the cherubim. That's where you'll meet me face to face. You can talk with me. Uh, uh, everything I have, all of my wisdom, the answer to every problem, the answer to health, the answer to uh, your 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 victory in every situation, your answer to victory and restoration in in relationships, in in finances, anything is there twenty four seven. You can meet with them face to face, and in the very center of your the cerebrums is a little gland called the pineal gland. Remember Jacob when he said, I met God face to face, and he named that place Peniel? That is obviously a, a type and shadow, guys, of the new covenant where it says, I'm going to meet with you in the pineal gland. In the very center of the brain, this is what I put, is that brand. And interestingly enough, if you go look it up, the, the medical term is epiphysis cerebri. Epiphysis. Go look up the word epiphysis in Wikipedia or dictionary.com, and it says, uh, it literally says a Christian holiday. Um, where we have, where we see light and epiphanies, we get light, revelation, etc. And so, you know what? When you rest, when you're quiet, uh, guess what? In quietness and confidence is our strength. Why? Because we know that any answer we're going to need, God doesn't answer prayer sometimes, doesn't answer sometimes, like some of the religious stuff you've taught. It's just because you thought that prayer was begging God. And it's not. He said, no, meet with me face to face and see exactly how you want it to be. And uh, if there's something that you need to know, you don't have to worry about it, stress about it you'll have an epiphany. He will share with you the secret to that. He'll share with you exactly what you need in every situation. But most importantly, he says, you know what? Your heart is like soil. Plant whatever you want in there, and it will produce a harvest supernaturally. End of story. Full stop, guys. And so uh, what's really fascinating about the epiphysis cerebri or the pineal gland as well, and uh, when we talk about the parable of all parables next week, it says, you know what? Um, the kingdom of God is like this. This is how everything works is uh, when you plant a seed, the seed has the power in itself, and a seed is a thought. The seed is what we meditate in in the New Covenant, is what Jesus described, and your heart is the soil, the spiritual part of you. But uh, it says, we know not how. We get up and we sleep. We get up and we sleep. Well, guess what the pineal gland does, guys? 
is at night, it's, it's dark here, our body, the pineal gland, starts to produce a, a, uh, uh, a hormone called melatonin. Melatonin makes you go to sleep. And when you go to sleep, when you're fully at rest, is uh, you can go look all the science up. I'm kind of a medical science nerd. Just I've always loved this kind of stuff, how spirituality and, and Christianity are exactly the same, guys. It's just science and, and religion have argued back and forth. They don't have to be separate. They're the same. They're actually beautiful. But it produces, and then when, it, when you go to sleep, guess what your pineal gland does? Just as the Ark of the Covenant, if you take a spark plug, there's a gap in there, uh, a little space, and the potential arcs. It actually jumps over. And uh, uh, guess what? This is the supernatural part of us. This is where we meet face-to-face with God between the center of the cherubs. And uh, this is where we get divine inspiration and we get divine ideas. And whatever we plant in there, we don't know how, but the kingdom goes to work and starts to bring to pass whatever we put in our hearts. But uh, it actually shoots an arc of light. And that's where we see the scripture. If your eye be single, now obviously we have two physical eyes, so it's not talking about that. What's it talking about? It's talking about the eye of our heart, the real place, the spiritual part of us where you know, we, we sing about it, where we say, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. And it says, if your eye be single, that eye of the heart, where you can see and get revelation and epiphany and realize you're one with God, is uh, uh, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light, is what it says. And literally, guys, when you go to sleep, that arc, the pineal gland, produces arcs of light, which literally starts to heal and refresh every cell in your body, we get divine inspiration when we sleep. In fact, you can ask the Holy Spirit when you sleep. It says, I will give to my beloved even in my sleep. So guys, I, don't, I, I would just encourage you, you don't have to stress about praying long and fasting long at night, etc., being stressed and worried. Cast your care to Him and ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation for whatever you're going to need. And uh, it says, we don't know how, but guess what? When we go to sleep, that, that pineal gland arcs, literally it goes to every cell in your body. And guess what? When the sun comes up, what do we do? We awake. And uh, just like the parable of the sower, it says, you know what? We don't know how, but just plant the seed. You get up, you go to sleep. Well, the pineal gland, the very place where we meet God, causes us to sleep, causes us to rest. We get divine inspiration, revelation when we're resting. And uh, when we get revelation, the epiphany, we wake up. And so what am I saying about all this stuff? Let me show you uh, uh, one cool picture here. Um, that's, that's just a picture of, on the right side, obviously, is the Ark of the Covenant between the two angels. And if you look at the brain right there, and there's cross-sections you can do of the brain. Guys, it literally looks like two cherubs or angels, half, half and half. In the very, like I said, in the very uh, center of our brain is the pineal gland, the place that Jacob prophesied. This is where you're going to see God face-to-face. It's just such a, a beautiful thing to me. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, uh, I just love this kind of stuff. So hopefully this is making sense to you guys, because what I'm really trying to get is you are fearfully and wonderfully made, guys. We are, we have such, we're not helpless. We meet with him face to face at any time when we rest and when we really realize that we carry God's presence, when we carry the spirit, when we carry the answer to every, every problem humanity is ever going to need, the answer in our own lives, that uh, whatever we plant in our hearts consistently, we don't know how, but it's like as you go to sleep and wake up, just like a seed, it starts to produce after its kind. It starts to produce exactly what we want. And so, anyway, that's what I wanted to show you is, uh, uh, you know, as we go through Think and Grow Rich, and a lot of these very, very practical books, guys, that uh, sometimes Christianity has a hard time with because they don't use biblical language, but it's very biblical. I'm just trying to give you a reference point, a background to go, yes, I can trust this, like I said. Because some people go, I don't want anything to do with Scripture. I just want the science. 
then on the other end of the spectrum, um, I won't believe any of this, and that's kind of where a lot of Christians have been with Think and Grow Rich, that uh, unless it's scriptural, I can tell you it's scriptural, guys. And uh, it's a classic for a reason. If 500 of the world's top leaders uh, really said, you know what, this is exactly what we did. This is why we had the success we had. These, this is the, like Edison would just say, you know what, I would go to sleep and rest, and an inspiration would come, and I'd wake up. And that's how all of this, they said, this is exactly what we did. Well, don't you think we should learn from that? And actually get some practical things here that's very scriptural as well. And so anyway, just as in the old covenant, God says, I'm going to meet with you between the cherub. I'll meet with you face to face. That's where I'm going to speak with you. That's really you guys. He's talking about the temple. You carry not God far away on a mountain that we have to beg and plead, etc. We carry him. He meets with us in our inner, inner parts. We're perfectly one with him in perfect union with him. Nothing lacking, complete in him. And he'll answer you. He'll it, whatever you plant in your heart is what you're going to produce in your life. And so, anyway, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, guys. All of those old covenant stories, uh, you know, about the temple and the, the 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 Ten Commandments was all a foreshadowing of how great and powerful you were created in Christ's image. You're the temple. You're the very being that carries God's presence here on earth. And so we carry the, His divinity within. Uh, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we're supernaturally creative, just like He was, guys. So I would just tell you this, whatever is going on in your life, etc. if there's something you don't like going on in your life, don't beg God to change it. That's okay too. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't throw that away, but it really doesn't happen until you change. You know, until you change inner, inner, your, in your inner man, until you start planting the right thing in your heart and your minds, the, the spiritual, the very God part of you, the very presence of God, not a lot changes externally. So let's just say... Um, Let's say it's relationships that you're working on. And this works for any principle, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's health, guys. Um, start to see yourself exactly what you desire. What, what is exactly you desire? And I would get very specific here, guys. This is what I desire. Not, God, please bless me. Um, yes, every promise is already yes. He's already, before you've answered, he said yes. Every promise is yes and amen. So what's going on? If you're, if you're not getting fruitful results and getting frustrated, you're probably feeling it with religious requirements. You're, gosh, i got to read the Bible more and do this more. They're all fantastic things, guys, but if you don't understand what you're doing, you really don't get the results. The kingdom of God operates like a seed in your heart. So whatever, let's, like I said, let's use the example of relationships. Start to see exactly how you want the relationship to be. And look at it. Look at it in the morning. Look at it at night. You know, I would recommend you write it down, actually, because it's just a touch point where you can see it again. And, oh, it clicks. Because when we write, it forms pictures in our minds. And, uh, you know, when I, when I take the look, uh, this is what I did the other night. If I take think and grow rich and I just take the word think, I don't, my mind doesn't go T-H-I-N-K. It goes think. What does think mean? Think has a, a picture in my mind. It means to contemplate, to meditate, etc. If I take the word rich, see, isn't this fascinating? Think and grow rich. So your thoughts grow. That's what the kingdom says. So he, this is talking about finances, but it works in anything. So whatever thoughts you plant, whatever desires you truly have, and the example I was using was relationships, this is what Barb and I did. It worked supernaturally, guys. We were separated in a mess for our first three years of marriage, fighting constantly and not trying, trying to figure this thing out and trying to do it religiously and going to counselors, etc. until we honestly just started, you know what, I'm going to start picturing what I want my relationship to look like, what I want my, my wife to look like. This is how I want to feel about my wife. And I physically took time to meditate on that, guys. I go, I want to see, I want to see her how you see her, Lord. 
not how I see her because we're fighting and separated and everything else. How do you see her? And it took effort, guys, because my heart at the time was was probably pretty hard and calloused, and hers was as well, that uh, we were fighting and this and that. And uh, um, so I didn't want to see her how God saw her. I, you know, we all have these weird things. and But I, I you know what? God sees her as perfect. He sees her as spotless. He sees her as, as totally loved and valuable, like she's the most precious bride on earth. So I would try picture that. And in the beginning, it was tough. Guys are like, that's not, you're just lying to yourself, Mike. But all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going with this. And I would start to see her as how, try picture how God sees her. And she's beautiful. And we have this great relationship. And you know what? First of all, the, the anger, the anxiety, the, 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 the strife started to slowly go away. I can't say I really desired her like I do today. But it started to get easier. And it started to get better. And it started to be less and less that I really went through the, the chaos of, of, of a couple in, in a struggle in a marriage. And so ultimately, those thoughts produced exactly after its kind, where I thought, wow, I can't imagine a better marriage. And it's the same person. We're the same people. What did we do? We changed what we thought about on a consistent basis, because those are the seeds. That's where the presence of God is, is in our hearts and minds, guys. And it will produce a harvest. Not all the time, right, at, right away. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. But it will produce a harvest. And so I just want you to know that, guys. The answer to Start whatever you desire in every area of your life, you know, whether it's finances. Hey, just write out what do you desire? What do you really desire? You don't have to worry about how it works. You don't have to worry about how the power is going to come. The thought has the power in itself to produce after its kind. It's a seed is what Jesus said. And we don't know how seeds produce a whole tree out of one seed, but it works. And he's trying to tell us the same thing. You plant the right things in your heart, guys, whether it's finances. You plant the right things in your heart, whether it's uh, health. And I was talking to Arnold Sparkle the other night. We were talking about this as, you know, I don't, I don't do most of the things that most of you do. I don't worry about the, the things I eat like most of you do. Um, and you know what? I'm never sick. In fact, I was just sharing with them. You know, my kids have never been to a dentist and their teeth aren't falling out. Um, Barb and I, I don't think we've been to a doctor in, oh, geez, for me, uh, forever. Um, and I eat Taco Bell, guys. How does that happen? Because I haven't planted in my heart things that a lot of you guys have. You've planted in your heart. If you do this or if you don't have this, this will happen. That becomes very real. And so if you believe that, you better than do those things. But uh, if you have no concept of that where you're like, you know, I'm one with him. I'm divine. I'm, I'm cut out of the same, um, uh, I'm just cut out of the same divinity as him. I'm the, I'm the, I'm one with him. And um, man, you can live, you can live divine health. It's really a beautiful thing. But some, <laughs> Now, some of you guys that want to worry about it and eat the right thing and do all this, etc., uh, go for it. But that's what will produce in your life. Um, so, but you can have divine health. You don't have to worry about sickness and disease all the time. And lastly, just know you're perfectly loved. You're perfectly valuable. There's no guilt or shame in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's no judgment. He's never kept any record of wrong. He never will keep any record of wrong. All he'll do is meet with you face to face in your hearts and minds. And he goes, you know, I've made it easy. Whatever promise you desire, it's yes and amen in me. There's no limitation in me. There's no impossibility in me because you're one with me and we have this divine creative capability. So hopefully that makes sense, guys. I'm really excited to share this stuff with you. Tomorrow night, Sunday night, 6.30 Mountain, we will go through the Think and Grow Rich. I'll, I won't go through all the scriptures there. I'll, I'll do more of the science and business. But I wanted you guys, some of you want a background this. It's the same. You're divinely created. You're divinely creative. And you can live the life that you truly desire because he's promised that. So 
Hope that helps you guys. God bless you, and we'll talk soon. Mm -hmm.